Sports Ethos New York Knicks podcast with Andre Galliber. Thanks for showing up, listening, downloading, subscribing. I appreciate it. After a disaster of a loss for the New York Knicks, I'm telling you, it's a disaster of a loss. And this is the same person I've been telling you that they were going to lose those games over the weekend against the Bucks and the Cavs. Not going to spend a whole lot of time on them. There were some good things, some bad things, but basically playing a team that was 5-0 and at the time, 4-0, and I believe, at the time, and a Cavs team that I believe was 4-1 and at the time, at home. Two teams that are probably the best teams in the Eastern Conference right now, without a question. They weren't winning those games. You really just want to take away some good things from those games, see some growth in some of the players, and you did. You saw some of that, and quickly his floor game has been much improved, and you, you're continuing to see how, how he can thrive not dominating the ball on both sides of the ball. But listen, those games were going to be losses. They lost them. They had their chances. They teased you. It was never going to happen. You, you wanted to see Brunson follow up on the game that he had last week against Charlotte. You saw him have a disaster of a game in Milwaukee. And he had some good moments against the Cavs, but it all fell apart. But this game last night against the Hawks, it was going to be a tough game because you knew you were playing a guy who has a bone to pick with the Knicks and always wants to shut the Knicks down. Even though he walked into their game, I believe, with a 7-11 and 11 record against the Knicks, including the playoffs. I the narrative of Trey Young dominating the Knicks is such a media narrative. It really was. But, no, let me let me just say it. In the playoff series where the Knicks lost to the Hawks, they lost because they couldn't score. He did not have efficient games in every one of those games against the Knicks. And he finished the Knicks off with a 35-point effort in which he shot a terrible percentage and piled on the points in garbage time. Knicks fans know it. The media, they love to have... An enemy to point to, a Nick killer, all of that. The Knicks have been beating the Hawks for years since Trey Young has been been there. And they were beating them with Trey Young in the game last night. He got punched in the eye and then he sat out and all of a sudden the Knicks got their ass whooped by everyone else on the team. And you could not have had a worse loss in this season after two losses over the weekend Two losses that you should have expected, but you know the way the media and the fans are going to overreact. You needed this win at home. You have a tough stretch. How do you lose this game? And in the fashion you lost it. That's the most important part. In the fashion that you lost it. You let another Nick Killer earn a reputation. A guy you've played a couple times over the years and have beaten. He hasn't dominated you when he was with the San Antonio Spurs. You let him dominate you now. And I'm so disappointed in how this team played across the board and how the coach coached. And I'm not even a coach killer, criticizer, big on that type of nonsense because a lot of times players play and he lets them play a lot on offense more, way more than people think. People wanted him to play Cam. He's playing and he's not playing well. You should play Cam. You should play the kids. He played. He played, man. Cam's out there. He gives you a nice play. He gives you a glimpse every now and then. But the rest of the time, you're like, what are you doing? He lost his man twice on two consecutive possessions. He just didn't. It was guarding the wrong person. 
in transition, and DeAndre Hunter got two layups. And it was his man. But I blame Hartenstein on, on a couple of those plays, too, because he was guarding his man, who was a center, standing at the three-point line who can't shoot. Get your butt in the paint in transition and settle in the paint and then come out. Get to the front of the rim and then come out. You don't let people get behind you? What are you doing? Pay attention. Even if he was being covered, you don't want anyone behind you in transition, in secondary transition, when you're guarding somebody who can't shoot. Mitchell was doing the same thing. Letting those guys stand outside the paint while guys were ISOing on the baseline and you letting guys get to the front of the rim without having to deal with your contest because this guy is not standing under the basket. You need to not guard him and get your butt in the middle of the paint and zone off the paint for three seconds and then get out when you need to. You don't stand out. You don't stand guard, half guarding. You're not even really guarding him. You're half guarding him because he's standing outside. Uh, he's just standing at the free throw line extended. Get your butt in front of the rim, man. That's what the teams do to us. How many times did the Hawks score? A handful of times. I'm not going to put the all the blame on him. We shouldn't even start there. But that drove me crazy. You shouldn't be ISOing anyone. That's a consistent thing. This season, they have been guarding Plumlee. Um, even though in Detroit you have a couple shooting centers. Durant, you name it. As good as Mitchell has been at the rim and Hartenstein, too many times these guys have been out of the paint guarding people who can't shoot. And it drives me nuts. But that's not the biggest problem. It's probably fifth or sixth on the list. Once again, the bench has to come in and do the job the starters couldn't do. But I'm not going to make a big deal out of that. The Knicks bench is a strength on the team. The starters are no more talented than most of the teams they play against. Less so most of the time. You just don't like the way they play sometimes. But you saw R.J. Barrett actually play like somebody who's who's going to be a, a, a actual NBA starter. You saw that a little bit over the weekend. But he started this game one for six in the first quarter. He took six shots in the first quarter. And he was one for six. And you still felt better about him because he was one for two for three. He hit a three. And you're like, oh, RJ, might be he's coming around. <laughs> he's coming around. He hit a shot. But more than that, in all seriousness, he made plays for his teammates. He had more assists in the first quarter than you've seen him have in whole games. That means the messaging that Tibbs has, has been sending him about driving to the basket and maybe making a play instead of forcing, throwing up some flailing layup off of one foot every single time. Maybe he's starting to hear some of that. Made four assists in the first quarter. Had four assists. That's the best, better way to say it. In the first in the first quarter. But, but, you didn't see that the whole game. But let's just stick with the first. Julius Randle, three for six in the first quarter. Four for five from the free throw line. You're thinking, 10 points. You're thinking Julius is playing well. No. No. Some of the shots that Julius has taken... What are you thinking about? Why are you taking that shot? Secondary transition. You just pull up from three. You are a terrible three-point shooter. I don't care what you're doing in the offseason, practicing in the Bahamas or wherever you are. You are a terrible three-point shooter. Do not stop in secondary transition and pull up from three. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? He is shooting 20% from three. 20%. 20%. And I know Julius does a lot of things on this court. I know it. But he wasn't doing it yesterday. Consistently not boxing out. 
It's as if the Hawks were told they took a timeout at some point and 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 uh McMillan said to them, you know what? Just shoot threes. You're gonna be open. If you miss them, crash the boards. Cause they don't box out. Randall getting beat on the boards, one possession after the other. Same with the other players, just trying to crash and jump and get it. Long shots mean long rebounds. You're directly under the basket. The ball is getting over your head. You're not boxing out and you're not pushing back to uh, on position uh, to gain position under the rim or position in front of the rim. So it's just ridiculous. Mitchell Robinson played well in that first quarter. Made a difference. And for all the folks who don't want him on the court, you see the difference he makes on the court. You see it at the rim when he's not guarding somebody for no reason. Like Hartenstein. Brunson started the game one for three. Nothing special. Didn't do anything. No assists, nothing in that first quarter. Fournier, three points. One for three, one for three from three. He was aggressive out there. You saw him out there looking for his shot, hunting his shot, and you need that. It was when the bench came in. Derrick Rose was the first person off the bench. Brunson got himself two fouls in that first quarter. Rose came off the bench first. He was one for two, but the the tide started to turn when he came in the game. He was a plus 11 in that first quarter. Hartenstein comes in the game. Nine points, I mean, a plus nine in that first quarter. Quickly, plus nine in that first quarter. Those three guys came in, changed the whole game around. But they came in and they played with RJ. They played with Julius. And RJ and Julius, plus 11 and plus 10 in that first quarter. Even with that, even with Julius's nonsense. They were there when the Knicks started pushing forward at the end of that first quarter. And if you're if you're an NBA fan... You know that these leads are very temporary. You knew that. You knew that. You didn't you didn't get crazy. You knew it. And when Obi came in and Cam came in, it was more of the same. Plus six for them in the second quarter, plus nine plus six for Obi, plus nine for Cam. Obi came in hitting his threes once again. Obi knocking his three pointers down. Two for three in the in the quarter. Two for three. And he continues to show what he can do when he's out on the floor. A guy who can shoot with range and can finish at the rim, in theory at least, if you give him more opportunities. Early in that second quarter, the Knicks looked awesome. Built a nice lead, got up around 20 points. Hartenstein plus six in the quarter. I told Quickly's floor game is not his points. His floor game is just off the charts right now. Off the charts. But what happens? The second half of that second quarter... You start seeing DeJounte Murray go off. And he's shooting like nobody's guarding him. Like no one's guarding him. Just shooting. He's not a great shooter. Just shooting. Like there's no defense on him. Running screens. Trapping the guard. Coming around over the screen. Trying to... try Instead of going under the screen on DeJounte. Even though he was shooting the ball pretty well. He wasn't shooting lights out. There's no contest on, De, on DeJounte when he's shooting. None. You're going over the screen on DeJounte. He traps you. And Trey Young was doing the same thing. And they were getting themselves in the paint. And they were getting easy opportunities for themselves and others. Because you keep doing that daggone drop coverage. Even when it's not working. The team wasn't playing well. 
The Hawks were not playing well as a team. You're giving them every shot that they want and it's a make or miss thing for them. Don't give them the shot that they want and hope that they miss. Give them the shot that they don't want. DeJounte was so comfortable out there. He didn't, he didn't have a second thought about whatever defense the Knicks were playing. That should have been troubling to them. And it wasn't. They kept doing the same thing over and over. And the Hawks got themselves back in the game. And then Tibbs put the starters back in the game. And Twitter went nuts. Nuts. Played right into their hands with that. But he saw the Hawks starting to make a run. To be honest with you. He puts Randall in the game because he thought Randall played well in that first quarter. He put RJ in the game because he thought RJ played well in that first quarter. I can't get I can't get mad at him for putting those guys back in the game. Cam Reddish wasn't killing it out there. Put RJ back in. Obi was killing it out there. And you take Obi out. But there was a run that was starting to be made by the Hawks. He wanted to get in front of it. That's what a coach does. He tries to put one of his best players back in the game. He puts Julius Randle in the game. And he got burned. Burned. Julius Randle, minus 9 in that second quarter. R.J. Barrett, minus 12 in that second quarter. But he played well offensively, 3 or 4 from the field, 1 or 2 from 3. No assist in that second quarter. Julius Randle, no assist in that second quarter. Mitchell comes back in the game, minus 9. Brunson comes back in the game. He's only a minus 1. He played well in that second quarter. So when you start, and he had 5 assists. So when you start talking about he put the starters back, you need to start talking about exactly who... The problem was, and it was Randall, and I don't think that's any breaking new ground, Nick fans, but it was Randall, and it was RJ. Even though he's playing well offensively, Randall was 0-2. He only took two shots. You can't jump down his throat. He did nothing else. Not a rebound, not an assist, not a steal, not a block. Just a turnover and two missed shots. Just coming to the game doing nothing. One or two from the line. Brunson played well. Another guy, and listen, it's time It's time to Mia Copa. Fournier's volume from three, even though you saw an uptick over the weekend, is not enough to make up for what he does on the defensive side of the floor. It's not enough. The Knicks need shooting, but his shooting is not enough. They're not getting him enough shots. He's not hitting enough shots. He's shooting a good percentage, but he's not hitting and getting enough shots consistently enough to overcome his deficiencies on the defensive end. And he's not the only one because a lot of it is schematic, but he is the big problem with the Knicks defensively. And that's the end of the story. As much as you heard me talk about what he gives them shooting-wise, the way that they play, he's not getting enough of those shots to make it matter. He was a minus eight in the quarter. Mitchell minus nine, Randall minus nine, RJ minus 12, he's a minus eight. All of these guys were a disaster. And if you watched it, you don't put that much blame on Mitchell, to be honest with you. It wasn't a lot of what he was doing. I told you what he was doing, and Hartenstein was doing the same thing in the second half, not getting to the front of the rim to guard the front of the rim, but in most of the actions weren't at the front of the rim. They were shooting over them. They were getting into the paint and shooting and kicking out and shooting, or just shooting over them off the screens. Mitchell was just, that's when the plus minus gets in a little bit of an issue. He was, he was in with the wrong people. <laughs> he was in with the wrong people. Hartenstein, Hartenstein, quickly, and Obi Toppin. And Cam Reddish all kept that, built that lead that started in the first quarter that they started. They helped start. And like I said, Randall and RJ were in when a lot of that started. They built that lead up in the second quarter. And then when they came out, it all went to shit. Excuse my language. And the starters were definitely, definitely culpable, even though you got to give some of the starters credit for building. RJ and, and Randall were there when they built it. But it was how, how they played. 
This is what they were doing. It was such a joke. And they were lucky because Brunson's going to take some hits too. But in that second quarter, Brunson was a positive. The type of shots these guys were taking or not taking, the type of plays they were taking or not making, this is why this lead fell apart. And schematically, they had no answers for what Atlanta was doing offensively. And it's not even a team that lights it up and didn't even light it up last night because of the ebbs and flows of the game. Their percentages are skewed. They got, they started making shots because they were wide open. Wide open. You come out of halftime, you're thinking this team is going to make some adjustments. They're going to get back on it. No. Third quarter, John Collins plus 20. DeAndre Hunter plus 17. DeJounte Murray plus 22. Trey Young got punched in the face. He comes out of the game. He's only a plus nine. They started their run, and he left the game, and they they, they built on it. Built on it. Okongu a plus 14. Aaron Holiday a plus 13. And check off the Knicks in that third quarter. R.J. Barrett, minus 17. Four points in the quarter. One assist. I told you about the four assists in the first quarter. Here's another. His third quarter, one assist. Julius Randle, a disastrous third quarter. A quarter where you got nothing from the guys who are supposed to be the best players on the team. R.J., nothing. He had four assists in the first quarter. Finished the game with five. Had one in the third quarter. That's it, one. Two turnovers, minus 17. Randle, one of four from the field. Just a nothing. Two turnovers. Just a disaster. Came out just shooting jumpers on everybody. Like he's out here like he's Mitch Richmond or something. Kobe Bryant. Just hit Mitch. I'm going to shoot this mid-range. I'm going to shoot, shoot, shoot. 20% from three you shoot. Go to the basket, man. Like he completely forgot. Like he thought it was two years ago and he's going to light Atlanta up. Up. Atlanta's a team that shut you down in the playoffs because they sat on, they sat on your shooting hand and made you shoot over them the whole game and guarded the rim. And you still played into their nonsense. Just nothing from anyone. Minus 17, RJ. Minus 16, Randall. Mitchell was just an innocent bystander in that quarter. Didn't get any shots. Had four rebounds. Had had five rebounds. Two blocks. Three fouls in the quarter. Once again, foul trouble. Brunson did nothing in the quarter. Nothing. Fournier, minus 14. Nothing in the quarter. Nothing. The bench came in. And this is the problem. When you criticize Tibbs for putting the starters back in the first half, the bench came in in the second half and continued to get blown out. Continued. This was schematic. This was strategy. This was poor play all around. Bench starters, you name it. Hartenstein minus 14 in the quarter. The lowest minus in the quarter is Cam Reddish. And if you watch the game, he did nothing. He did nothing. 0-1 from the field. One assist. That's it. They shot 27.8% from the field. 0-8 from three in the third quarter. The Hawks, 44% from the field. 3-10 from three. Just 3-10, of which is not terrible. It's not great. But 44% from the field. The Knicks could not score. This is not the top defensive rating team in the league. They could not find a way to score. That's coaching. I don't care what you tell me. You couldn't get any of your players in the right position on the floor to score. You know Brunson can do it. Run something and get Brunson isoed in the paint with somebody and kick it out. If he gets doubled. Make it happen. Give direction. Post Randall up. Create a mismatch. Post him up. Create a mismatch or put or put RJ 
in the post. You saw some good things from RJ. As much as I'm killing him, you saw him get two feet in the lane like, like Brunson does instead of just one foot up and flailing and throwing it up at the rim. Two feet in the lane and got some and got some traction doing that. But you saw nothing good from Randall. You saw the worst of Randall. You saw nothing from Fournier. He's just not doing enough, period. 0-2 from the field. Just out there. If you're not shooting the lights out, then you're not doing anything. And it was more of the same in the fourth. DeJounte Murray clearly has a bone to pick with the Knicks too. There's some conversation out there. The Knicks didn't try to trade him. I don't buy it. You know the Knicks, the Knicks media and the national media would love to criticize the Knicks for things that they, they're supposed to do in their mind that they didn't do. But you don't hear a lot of criticism when it comes to, to the DeJounte Murray trade. You know why? Because they never had a chance to get him. DeJounte and Trey had the same agent. They wanted to play together. The end. That's how that went down. But if you want to tell me that the Knicks had a chance to get him and they didn't trade for him because they, they uh, wanted Brunson, that's a joke. They could have got both of them if that's the case. Do you think they didn't want DeJounte, DeJounte because they had Brunson? Show me the story. Show me the facts because it doesn't make any sense. Tibbs didn't want DeJounte Murray? Huh? Maybe they thought he wasn't a good enough shooter. Okay. And if that's the case, if that's the case, then they deserve everything they got from DeJounte because he definitely played like he had a bone to pick against the Knicks and he was comfortable out there and confident out there. And you'd love to have a player on your, on your team outside of Brunson who could play like that. You'd love to see it because what we're looking at is a joke. Even with RJ playing better, he's not doing it consistently enough in the flow of the offense for it to be something we can count on. And Randall, we can't count on him because his shot selection is trash. The shot he takes the most is a shot he can't hit. Get to the front of the rim, man. And he tried to go to the rim a couple times and couldn't finish. To his credit. But he did the same thing that RJ does. A lot of the w- jumping off one leg and trying to flail, your, flail yourself at the rim. Get two feet in the paint and, p- and muscle it up. Just a joke of a quarter from the whole entire team. And when you see the whole team not playing well, that's not about against the Atlanta Hawks. That's not about how good the players are, frankly. That's about the position they're being put in to win. And they just were. They dropped the ball last night. And I'm telling you, McMillan went in there and said, shoot the lights out. They're not going to contest you hard. They're going to give you open shots. And when you take them, crash the boards because they don't box out. Just a joke. I'll tell you another thing. The Knicks would have been better off if Trey Young kept playing because they beat him. This is nonsense what they did last night. It's a disaster. I'm telling you, we talked about habits, building habits, because in games where things get tight, you got to rely on the things you do well, the things that you know you have confidence in your team, confidence in your teammates to do what they need to do, be where they need to be. In games like this, they steal away that confidence because none of your teammates showed up. Your team didn't show up. Your coaching staff didn't show up. And now they got to go to Philadelphia and play and unleash James Harden with a, a point guard who is too small and probably too slow to guard Maxi on the road. This is a game the Knicks had to win. Now the sky is falling because you know the Knicks' schedule is a tough schedule going forward. Starting with Philly on on the road. So you had to win this game at home. You had to do it. And they had to know it. And you didn't see them. They could not muster the intestinal fortitude to win this game or the know-how to win this game. From top to bottom, did not meet force with force. And you have to be disappointed. The only saving grace for the Knicks right now is you saw Grimes get his first minutes of the season. And we talked about what is it going to be when Grimes is back? Who's going to play? Who's not? 
I said it a thousand times that Fournier is going to be a first or the third quarter player if everyone else is playing well. Right now, you're seeing quickly play well. You're seeing Obi play well. And you know that Grimes can always have his defense to, look, to sit back on. But you also know that Cam has his defense to sit back on. So even when the offense is not there, you know you have something else to lean on. With Fournier, you do not. Now, we don't know if Grimes, if Grimes is back up to speed, but in the game, the Knicks need to win. They're going to have to win it defensively. They're going to have to win it mano a mano because schematically they're dropping the ball. If you couldn't if you couldn't stop any of these other guards on the screen and roll, how are you going to stop one of the, the best offensive players in the history of the game? They play the Sixers. They play the Celtics, the Timberwolves, the Nets, and who knows what disaster that's going to bring. That's the next four games. You have to beat the Hawks. They're trash. They're talking about firing Nate McMillan. And you couldn't win this game at home? Schematically, you couldn't find a way to score on a poor defensive team? Ridiculous. The schedule coming up is a disaster for your team. They can lose every last one of these games. And once that happens, that's it. The season's probably done. Because you know you have some mentally weak players on this team. In the, in the leadership of this team. And you're hoping Brunson can stem the tide. And in a bad game, he was not terrible. 20 points last night on 50% shooting, 53% shooting, I think, actually. And RJ's numbers at the end of the day do not look terrible, but I'm telling and he's better than he was he was before. But he needs, he needs to be a factor. He needs to be some, somebody who's a producer of offense more consistently on this team. And you see he wants to do it. And you saw last night, you saw a little bit of strides in that direction because when he drives to the basket, at least early in the game, he was looking to kick it. He got selfish in the second half of the game when the Knicks were falling apart. Because some of the people who were open couldn't shoot like Randall. But you're seeing him at least start looking like somebody who's a, a NBA starter you can rely on to some degree. But he has to continue moving forward in that direction, making the right plays when he has the ball and being efficient with his opportunities. But you saw Brunson play well. This To me, this game was a litmus test on who needs to be on this team going forward. I'm going to be dramatic about it. I'm going to be that guy. Taking the coaching staff out of the equation. The, the people who played well in this game are the people who need to be on this team going forward. Leaving the centers out of it, both of them played decently. Randall and Fournier, you know you're stuck with Randall, but Fournier, and I'm flipping, I'm flipping. He can't play anymore. He can't. Not with Grimes back. Sit him down if you got to. Not enough out of him. I'd rather struggle with Grimes. I and Listen, I might even rather struggle with Cam, even though he's out there with his head up his butt half the time. Because you're getting at least some defense out of him, except when he's got his, when he's in la-la land as DeAndre Hunter's running out of lane transition when you're down 20. Quickly, he's another guy. I told you what he needed to do. I'm going to keep harping on it. He's playing exactly the way I said he needed to play, and his offense is not even there yet. But his floor game is exactly what this team needs. 16 rebounds. And let me tell you something. Julius Randle had, had six rebounds in the game in 29 minutes. Quickly had 16 rebounds in the same minutes. And Randle averages nine rebounds a game, so let's not cast aspersions. But you know what? If you watch that game, you know he wasn't hustling on the boards, and you know he wasn't boxing out. This guy quickly's coming in, and he's getting those rebounds that the Knicks could not get. Tracking the ball down. It's an embarrassment for you to have six rebounds in a game where he had 16 in 29 minutes. And that wasn't garbage time. Those were not garbage time rebounds. Quickly's minutes are up. 29 minutes because, you know, Tibbs play. Listen, say what you want to say. Except when it comes to Randall, 
Tibbs plays the people who earn time to play. You can criticize anything you want. You can create, oh, he should, this guy should have got a chance, whatever. He plays the people who earn time to play, except when it comes to Randall. Randall plays no matter what. And he sat those starters for a long time in the second half. And it just didn't make no, enough of a difference. But quickly is playing more and he needs to play more. And the more he plays, the more you'll start to see him be efficient on the offensive end of the court. Because you don't understand where his shots are coming from. 16 rebounds and 4 assists in 29 minutes. You're still not seeing enough minutes from Derrick Rose. I don't think Derrick is right. He's been playing well for most of the season. So you can't get crazy about it. But if this is all Derrick's going to give you, then you might as well trade him to a contender. Now, I'm not sure what's up with Derrick right now. You just need a more consistent effort from him. And you need him in bigger minutes. But like I said, this was not a great game for him. But he played well for the most part this year. But Fournier, enough is enough. The Knicks can do battle all by themselves without you. They can do this without you. And they'll be better. This net rating is terrible. It's terrible. Just ridiculous how bad he's been. And listen, for all you people who said it going in, I'll give it up to you. I don't change my, I'm not going to change my tune on how important his shooting is in theory. But it just doesn't matter if he's not getting, he's just not getting enough. Just not getting enough out of him, period. End of discussion. Just not. Sit him down. I'd rather Grimes come out, out here and be and be half himself and play defense. He played good defense on, on DeJounte when he got a chance yesterday. Just one shot. He only had one shot at it. But when he had a chance, he played well against DeJounte. Got up in him and made him take a tough shot over him that he missed. But you could tell, you could tell DeJounte was not comfortable with him on him. He pretended like he was, but it was a moves on. But Grimes was all over him. And that's what you're not seeing from, from most guys in this team. Definitely not Fournier. Doesn't even seem like Fournier, it doesn't even seem like he, he wants to play defense right now. It doesn't even feel like he's in shape. I don't even know. I don't know how he could not be in shape, but it doesn't even feel like he's in shape. It just really doesn't. It feels like he looks sluggish out there. He's a slow player, but he doesn't look sharp. He doesn't look sharp. He doesn't look toned. He doesn't look anything like somebody you want on the court right now. I don't care what you say. He needs to go to a team that has a bunch of established stars who can create shots for him. Otherwise, no thank you. Enough is enough. Sit him down. Sit him down. Put the other guys on the floor who can play defense and maybe create some turnovers. A minus five on the season. Just come on. 17.9% usage, net rating of minus two, defensive rating of 119 at this point, offensive rating of 110. Enough is enough. Let's juxtapose that with quickly, without even looking. I'm not. I'm just going to pick quickly, because a lot of the comparisons are not fair. They either don't play enough minutes, different positions, even though quickly is more of a point, he plays a lot of two. Let's just look that up very quickly. No pun intended, unless you liked it. We'll, we'll go with it. Offensive rating, 109. Defensive rating, 100.9. My goodness. My goodness. A net rating, 8.7. My goodness. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. He knows that. He knows that. Just Fournier's net, because net rating is an important stat. If you listen to Tibbs talk, net rating is... His most important stat that he uses. 
This is the most important stat that he uses. And right now, Fournier has a minus net rating. All you need now is for Tibbs to get his head out of his butt and stop and stop valuing the three-point shooting that Fournier is not providing because he's not shooting enough. Spacing the floor is not a value if you're not doing anything that utilizes that spacing. The lane is still clogged. There's still a bunch of people in there, and there's nobody driving down the lane, kicking out and drawing in defenders from the three-point line, number one, because not every team is full of stupid fools that sinks in from the three-point line every time somebody puts a foot in the paint when there's a shot blocker already in there. Tell me you're doing that when there's a shooting center on the floor offensively. Don't tell me you're doing that when there's a paint-dwelling center on the floor for the other team and your center is in the paint. Stop leaving the perimeter to dig down. You don't even get that many steals as a team. Stay home. Hedge and recover. Recover hard. And let your shot blocker take care of it because that's what Mitchell's doing and that's what Hartenstein's doing. Stop seeking in from the perimeter for no reason. Nobody is doing that to the Knicks because there is always help in the paint. Randall does not relocate to the three-point line, line, and even if he does, nobody would go out there unless they were a fool. So there's no spacing being created by Fournier because nobody's leaving Fournier for anybody. It's just nice to have a guy who's a versatile three-point shooter on the floor like he is, but he's not doing enough and clearly, by his net rating, the proof is in the pudding. Sit him down. Get your head out of your butt. Sit him down. Enough is enough. I'm done ranting and raving. Who knows? Who knows if they're sitting in that locker room having these same conversations or if they're just going to be stubborn. I'm going to lean towards stubbornness, though, at the amount of times I'm seeing drop coverage out there. But forgive my language. Forgive my ranting and raving. I'm just glad you're here listening. I got somebody to talk to. We'll be here. With sportsethos.com, make sure you check it out. There's everything you need on fantasy. DFS, get in there. Have some premium content. It's not that expensive. If you're spending money betting money, you might as well get all the info you need. Make sure you're betting responsibly. But again, sportsethos.com at sportsethos on Twitter at ethosnicks on Twitter. Come follow along as we watch the game tonight. Didn't have a lot of tweets for that game last night because I saw the Knicks go up 20 and I knew they were about to lose that lead. I had no clue they were going to get blown out. Disgusting. But come join us. I'm having a good time with it. Until next time.